Welcome to the Lonely Catch-Up. It's myself, Chris, and it's only myself today. Uh, it's going to be, a, obviously, a, a quick one, considering the weather beat every game bar three. Uh, we'll start with the game of the week. It was a late call on this one. I'd think the, the weather would play a factor in the weekend's fixtures. Uh, Galaferidine Rovers versus Cala, Donian Braves at the Netherdale. Gala hadn't been that great at the Netherdale. Was their second home win out of eight this season in the league. Xander Murray struck first in the 27th minute. It was a ball over, really static from the, the Cali defence and he sort of ran through and tucked it away. Uh, and it was 2-0 uh, six minutes later on the 33rd minute as a slack pass. Uh, saw Alexander Murray basically steam through again to make it two. Uh, that was half time. Uh, Xander Murray did have a chance in the second half to get his hat trick and put Gala Feridine Rovers 3 0 up, but he did miss a penalty. They did get the 3 0 advantage on the 79th minute uh, with Kelly extending their lead. And it looked pretty much all over and settled for Caledonia Braves, but Ross McNeil did uh, get a consolation for them in the eight, around the 80th minute. And we'll hear from Ricky Wando with Roy Campbell. Was at this point, 3-1 defeat, and I think this is one of the first defeats that the, the result has actually matched the performance as well. Yeah, exactly that. We, were, we didn't deserve to come down here and win, even if we came and snatched a draw, which was looking unlikely. We had a couple of flashes in the second half, a few changes that we made, done okay, but didn't deserve. No enough, it's not enough today at all. So well done to Gala for the win, they deserved it. Yeah, like you said, I think Gala were fantastic today, especially. I think we think we were good for the first 10, maybe the last 10 minutes, but the majority of the game I thought Gala were a great side to watch. Yeah, first 10 we had a good opportunity with Ben over the top. We looked to be playing both teams actually energetic, you know, both trying to pass the ball, getting in behind them. Um, defending well, even in that first 10 minutes, spell Dom stepping into things and then um, we slowly lost momentum, we slowly stopped doing those things correctly, started to give the ball away cheap, started hesitating defensively uh, and it cost us, um, but I can't complain the result, I complain, complain about that performance, level of performance because we didn't deserve uh, anything from it. One thing that we've tried to, we don't, we don't like talking about, but it was the man of the goals again today. I think there was a couple of defensive mistakes. Listen, see, see when we're talking about man of the goals, you look at any goals and you can criticise players individually, you can criticise this and that. It's the easiest thing to do is say, he's at fault, he's at fault, he's at fault. We're all at fault. I'm at fault. They're at fault. Um, it's my shape, my team, my players. Um, they've got to go out and do better, 100%. So we um, it, it's the easiest thing in the world, like I say, to criticise an individual player for a mistake. Players make mistakes, um, but collectively we've got to take responsibility for that performance. Collectively we've got to take responsibility for those mistakes. Um, and it happens in football. Uh, you've got to move on swiftly and you've got to uh, make sure you work hard. Uh, and if they're not doing it, if that player isn't doing it, then it's quite simple that you, know, you, you try and get better players around about uh, to go, go and help that situation out. Changed the shape at half time from the three to the four at the back. What was your thinking going for that? Uh, I wanted to play a three at the back because it kind of suited the players that we, we had. Like I said to you before the game, it would have given us energy in the wider areas and it did. We ended up getting pinned back because we couldn't keep the ball. That shape works well when we're dominating the ball basically, trying to get through, and we did for 10 minutes. But you can't play for 10 minutes and expect to win the game. Um, so I changed it again. We don't have a natural. 
left back who at that point probably unfair on Kyle but uh, a left back who'll go and get forward a lot as well um, so we, we, that's when I would put Kyle in there but um, I changed it to a four to try and really just match up with him in the middle of the park give us a threat uh, up the park and it, it, it was better but still not good enough Obviously I want to thank Ricky Waddle and Roy Campbell there for that interview yeah, I, I did mention that I felt that Caledonian Braves' uh, defence was static. I've kind of been a wee bit critical of them lately, uh, not mentioning the, the players' mistakes, obviously, because it's not in our sort of interest to do that. And, you know, it is, Ricky was spot on with his interview there. It's a fantastic one. We can't take anything away from Gala. Uh, they were the better team on the day. I wouldn't be too concerned with Cali Braves, obviously. They, they know they've got issues uh, defensively that has cost them uh, quite dearly this season, but it's something Ricky and the boys will be working on. We'll move on to Cumbernauld Colts versus Dalbeaty Star at Broadwood. Both of these teams coming into this game not on the best of form. I don't think either of them had a, had a win for a while. And Cumbernauld Colts really energised and started early. Uh, two minutes in, Richard Kerwin forces the ball home from uh, Max Ashmore Connor. Max had been uh, out injured for a few months it's good to see him back in the, the last last month or so uh, 12 minutes they extended their leads another goal from a corner Scott Davidson puts the ball in the net from a Stephen O'Neill delivery and 27 minutes Ross Kavanagh picks up the scraps from Marty Wright challenging the keeper from a Stephen O'Neill cross into the box uh, it was 3-0 for Cumbernauld really I think the second half was a bit laboured Dalbeaty really worked hard uh, for Colts to, to you know, not score any more and, and they might have had chances to get, get a goal themselves. But uh, on the 89th minute, Dean Brotherston was sent off for star, so they did end the game with 10 men. But really, it was the goals in the first half that secured the win, a much-needed win for Cumbernauld Colts. They'll be a star in a wee bit of danger of dropping into that relegation fight now, I think, but Cumbernauld Colts will obviously be happy uh, to get a win at home and, and press on now. Moving on to our final game, East Stirlingshire versus University of Stirling at Falkirk Stadium. Again, it was a, it was a bit different, uh, probably the opposite from the Colts game. A lot of the action took place in the second half. The first half, it was a, a good performance from Stirling Uni. Uh, East Stirlingshire had the better of the chances, but uh, Uni did finish the half strongly. There was an injury on the 60th minute to Robbie McGill. I did wish him all the best, I believe it was a, a, a shoulder dislocation, but he was probably the best team uh, to to deal with that since uh, Shona Tate, the, the Shire physio, has had four this season, I think she's corrected, so yeah, hopefully Robbie McGill is, is okay and will be back to action soon. And it wasn't long after that that uh, Stirling Uni actually took the lead, 63rd minute. Great work from uh, Kieran Hall on the right, uh, kind of laid it off and Callum Downey fires home a cracker to give Uni the lead. East Stirlingshire did get back into it, uh, it was a shot, it was deflected uh, by Reese Peggy hit it and it kind of deflected pretty much over everyone uh, a few minutes later in the 66th minute, so it was 1-1. 82nd minute, it was a goal. Both teams admittedly, I think it looked offside. Uh, I think it was Kieran Hall that was the sort of guilty party. Chris Geddes speaks about it, but I think it was the whole was he interfering with the play and, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, Shire were a wee bit static. Uh, Craig Brown ran through and sort of took it past Jamie Barkley for the winner. There was a couple of comments on Twitter. I <laughs> just noticed uh, Shire kind of accused uh, Stirling Uni of time wasting and stuff, playing for the point, and obviously that came back to, to bite them a wee bit. Uh, just before we, we sort of go into it, uh, we do have an interview with Lewis Fraser uh, with Chris Geddes. 
So, Chris, three points on the road away to East Stirling, right? You must be delighted. Delighted. Um, I thought we were excellent for the 90 minutes, um, well, 90 plus, and we more than deserved, I think. We more than matched them. East Stirling had times where they had a lot of pressure, but our goalie didn't have a lot of saves, and I think Jamie and the East Stirling goal had more saves than, than our goalie, and we defended excellently, and we, we scored a couple of good goals, so no, I really des- delighted with that. And first goal, Callum Downey, it was a great shot, wasn't it? Oh yeah, ridiculous. No one knows why he was up there. Um, <laughs> good ball um, from Liam. Great round the back of the defenders. Kieran's pulled it back. Callum from left back's found himself on the penalty spot and he's bent it with his right foot. His left footed, remember. Excellent goal. Really well done. Deserved for him because he's he missed one on Wednesday where he thought he should have scored. So the boys were giving him a bit of stick. So nah, excellent finish. And then second goal. I think some some in the crowd maybe thought it was offside, yeah. but it counted. Well, obviously, East Stirling had scored um, from a corner for themselves, and then um, we managed to get ourselves back in front. It was a ball through from Matty, and to be fair, Kieran was in the area, but he never went to the ball. So for me, going by the rules, he wasn't offside, and obviously. The problem with the rule is they, their defender's spooked by Kieran being there and he's tried to play a back pass and Craig's, who's ran from midfields, went round the goalie and tapped it in. So this is where the laws, where people get confused with them. But for me, it wasn't offside, but obviously he's still on our footage, so we'll soon see. But just on my initial thoughts, it wasn't. Um, but now delighted to go to go 2-1 up. Yeah, and then obviously going 2-1 up, important to manage the game. Yeah, the boys did that well. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's still on a quality team. Um, they've got some really, really good players. And... Um, We've seen it out really well, and like I say, I thought we deserved it, and um, it's great. Pushes us up the table again, and another good win on the road, so um, a really good uh, performance from the boys. Obviously, I want to thank Lewis Fraser and Chris Geddes there. We will hear from uh, Shire manager uh, Del Ur as well. It's quite a hard result to take after the battle and performance last week. Uh, where do you think it went wrong? I think that you were spot on with what you kind of said. We pre-warned the boys before the game that we go out there and we didn't apply ourselves the same as what we done last week and we'll come up short. Sterling Uni proved there the last couple of years that you give them an inch, they will take it and they will go at us. Where we let ourselves down the day is I don't think we applied ourselves the same as what we done last week. We had first half, we had a lot of the ball, but we fell into the habit of, again of no being instinctive enough to get the ball forward. And when, when we say get the ball forward, we're not asking people to lump the ball forward. We're asking us to play with a purpose. And we can ask them to do it. They've got to then take that on board. For me, as we've explained to him before the game, half time and after the game there. They've got to take responsibility on that part to get and play by purpose and when you play too slow we then allow the other team to get back in and sit in and it's very hard to then break down. We're at our best when we try and get the ball and play with a tempo but I felt that we fell short in playing at that tempo today um, and we got the result that we got and it's not acceptable really isn't it? Seems to always be a sort of hangover effect, uh, regardless of what decade you go to. When the Shire play a, a, a big astounding game one week, they seem to not get a result the following week. Uh, was that always in your mind? Like I think, I think that when you you have a performance, the performance last week was pleasing. 
because I f felt that we we showed a hunger and a desire, and I just felt that we were we didn't quite match their hunger and desire the day, which is disappointing, especially when last week last week was a benchmark for the standard that they need to reach as individuals through there, and player for player they've got the same if no mere ability than people in this league, but. We didn't apply ourselves, in my opinion, as a team today. That's where we fell short. Do you think we let ourselves down at that uh, that offside decision that went against us late on? I think that we... Look, it's... The ref will tell you that... Or the linesman, whoever it was, that the boy was onside at the first... Uh, he, was, he was offside. There's no advantage to us when our players facing his own goal and plays a pass. Now the pass was slack, but it's that boy that's then put it in the back of the net. The things go for you. Sometimes, sometimes they go against you. That isn't the only reason. We had plenty of chances to go and create, be a bit more assertive, win our tackles throughout the game. We were sloppy at times, and we got punished for mistakes that we made. We didn't punish enough teams' mistakes at the other end of the park. Obviously, thanks to the clubs for them interviews there. It's obviously good to, to get a bit of reaction other than us just talking about the games. But yeah, a fantastic win for University of Stirling. Obviously, Shire will be a wee bit disappointed given how well they played against Kelty, a game that I saw, and, and I was very impressed with them. It was probably one of the, the better games I've seen Shire uh, in terms of determination and stuff. But I think... Uh, I think it was talked about uh, in the interview, but you know I think they did have a wee bit of a hangover. They they gave so much for uh, you know in the Kelty game, and, and obviously it's, it's maybe affected them a wee bit. There's a there is a wee bit, and I, I can understand it. Uh, people that that support maybe the bigger clubs like the Kelties, the Shires, and whatnot. But I think we've got to remember that uh, teams like Stirling Uni have pulled off some really good results against bigger teams over the seasons. And uh, I don't think they should be looked down upon. Uh, I did see some comments, which, you know, frankly, I just I think it's a wee bit of ig ignorance to the league. I think Sterling Uni are, you know, they're they're there where where they are on merit. They've picked off some really good teams and, and and really good results. So I think people just need to remember that that they might be a uni team, but they're still a decent team at the end of the day. So I did say it was going to be a quick one. We'll move on to next weekend's fixtures. We'll start off with Gretna 2008 versus Berwick Rangers at Raydale Park. Obviously, a, a one. Uh, I think Berwick are a wee bit clear in terms of the relegation fight, but Gretna have been fantastic, and I think I, I I'm thinking a draw on that one to be honest. But Gretna will be obviously eager to 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 get out that relegation four and uh, maybe catch up with the likes of Berwick Rangers and Gala. But for me, I think it's going to be a draw. Gala Ferradine Rovers versus Kelty Hearts at the Netherdale. Gala obviously picking up their, their second win at the Netherdale against Cali Braves. Uh, Kelty, obviously, they, they never played, but they get back to winning ways after that, um, that draw with Shire the previous week. Uh, I was at the game last season at the Netherdale, and I think it was I think Kelty won 1-0. It was pretty much a, a, just a tight game, not a lot in it. Uh, depending on the weather, I think it's I'm expecting you know something uh, similar uh, to what we had last season. I think it will be a you know, a closer game than it was at uh, New Central Park. Obviously, there's a, a weather warning for for Gretna versus Berwick Rangers too. We'll, we'll have to sort of keep an eye on it. 
Uh, University of Stirling versus Spartans at Fourth Bank Stadium. University of Stirling, uh, you, you know, I kind of touched on it there when I was uh, speaking about the result, but they did beat Spartans three uh, two in the South Challenge Cup at Ainsley Park in October. Uh, Spartans had been on a wee bit of better form uh, before their defeats to to uh, BSC and uh, rivals Civil Service Strollers. So, um, I don't know about that one. I think I would give Stirling Uni, uh, having seen them a wee bit recently, uh, probably the the advantage of being at home, and and I think they'll they'll be eager to get another result against one of the tra- traditionally the, the bigger teams in the Lowland League. So that is only three uh, Lowland League fixtures, uh, kind of similar to this week, but we do have Scottish Cup action. Obviously, Bonnie Rig Rose versus Clyde at New Dundas Park. Uh, Clyde are seventh in the in League One. Uh, BSC did beat East Fife uh, of League One, who are in a higher position. So I'm hoping that Bonnie Rig can maybe get a, a result against Clyde, especially being at home. They've obviously sell out all their tickets. Fantastic from the club. Let's hope that they can get a result, certainly for, for the Lone League and Non-League uh, as a whole. Uh, it would be brilliant to see them uh, get through. And on to our final William Hill Scottish Cup game. Uh, two teams we know very well, obviously, East Kilbride versus BSC Glasgow at K Park. East Kilbride have been brilliant under Jim Patterson. Uh, BSC Glasgow, obviously, they want to bounce back from that defeat against Bonnie Rig Rose. Uh, both teams didn't play this week, so a, a bit of a, a break for them. I don't know because East Kilbride have been a wee bit hit or miss at K Park. I think it's been better since Jim Patterson's came in, but it's a tough one to call uh, for myself. I'm, I'm sure Derek uh, obviously follows BSE. He'd probably favour BSE, I'm, <laughs> but I'm not sure myself. I think uh, I think it could be a replay actually. I don't think either teams would love that, but uh, I think it could be a replay. Uh, but certainly, I think. Going on form recently, uh, I think East Kilbride might have the advantage a wee bit, especially being at home, uh, but, we'll, but we'll wait and see. So that was probably the shortest catch-up ever, guys. Uh, appreciate all the support as always, and uh, and we will be back for next week to cover the, the five games normally. There is going to be something with myself, uh, with pure football, I think, out uh, this week or, or next. I'm not 100% sure. I, I'll keep you updated on that. It's going to be about the Lowland League. I'm not saying too much because obviously I'm not really in control of uh, the questions asked uh, as it's not our pod. So I'll let you know uh, and hopefully he's listening. Appreciate all the support as always. Thanks to the players, the gaffers, uh, the clubs, people like George Fraser, the league for all their support. Uh, We'll see you soon. (laughs) 